and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Ken York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 101 of the Liberty O. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumbo. As always, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. It's <laughs> it's that week. It is. It's finally. The beginning of the season. Finally, dude. This this felt like such a long off season. It did. I know. At I least was... it wasn't a bad one. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't as bad as the previous three or four because I mean I feel like we got accustomed to extremely bad off seasons. I mean, I went into last season numb. I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure you did too. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's nice go yeah, it's nice going into a season not numb and kind of excited with set expectations. I mean, obviously this team's not going to be in a playoff picture come April or March, but they're going to be entertaining to watch. I mean, me and you just got done talking about how we're actually excited to to see what this team can do because obviously playoffs is a a really far-fetched thing, but there's they have skill. And I, and I know you said something a couple of days ago. I forget exactly. You were the underrated skill. Yeah, you know it's what just, I mean? It's just sneaky. Nothing sneaky, more. Yeah. Nothing more. It's just it, it can sneak up on a team if if they're not careful enough. But it's not like Tampa Bay Lightning. It's oh, not, no. none of that. It's not even New Jersey Devil. Like it's not not in that same stratosphere. But but yeah, I, I mean, I guess the overall excitement. I I, I already have a bet set for uh, tomorrow night with those three games. That should be fun. But yeah, just excited to get hockey going. Because I mean, I was just telling Derek a couple of days ago. Uh, it, I I feel like this has been an extraordinary long off season. I don't know if it's. Be, I mean, look, we're used to not making the playoffs. So like, it's not that. I mean, I can't sit back and be like, oh, it's because we didn't have the playoffs and we're like used to being in watching hockey in April and May and stuff like that. But it, it's not that. So I don't know why this off season fell as long as it did. But definitely excited to get things rolling again. I think it's it's probably getting the franchise prospect. You know, you think and, so? And he has a bit of a, a, a ticking time bomb on him, or ticking time clock on him for when he can come over. So it's yeah. like, just kind of makes you more excited. Want that two or three years or however long it's going to be to go by as fast as possible. It just kickstarted a whole thing. Like this year is all about at the end of the year when you take a look at the team and you go, all right, now add Cutter Gauthier and Matt Vemishkov. What does the team look like when you add those? Two? That's what it's all about. Like, is the team going to be in a position that is that just going to be like an adrenaline shot in the arm when those two join? That's what I'm looking for. The supporting cast. That's yeah. really what it's about. I mean, especially Cutter because you know Cutter is. I mean, obviously, I have no inside information, but I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say after this season, after his sophomore season in Boston College, he's probably going to sign with the Flyers. I mean, he, you're going to see him play a couple games come April. I mean, if I just don't see how it doesn't happen, you know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm surprised he went back. Um, but when you actually think about it, how surprised can you actually be when it's Gabe Perrault, Will Smith, and Ryan Leonard all freshmen on that team? I mean, I would want to go back and play with them and try to win a championship too. So I just don't I, see I how he's on fire. Yeah, it's when does their season end? Like, say they're making a playoff run. When would their season actually end? Because pretty sure late March. Pretty sure their season would end late March, or then like it would, or middle March. I I forget. I'm not too familiar with the college uh, schedule, but it's definitely either in the middle of March or end of March. Their season would end. If that bleeds into April, oh, there's definitely a scenario where he doesn't if he goes deep enough. 
Yeah, that would suck. Because that's definitely what I'm looking forward to towards the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we would 100% see him in training camp the next the next uh, couple months around. I mean, and maybe in like a, an insane scenario, Mitchkov, but I, I don't see that happening. That's a that's a dream scenario, but definitely yeah, Cutter. Like the way he's playing. Right. And then the fact – I was talking to Derek, like the fact that how does he walk back into that uh, – SKA locker room next year. You know what I mean? It's just, it just has to be awkward for everyone involved. So I, yeah, like how can that coach ever tell him what to do again? It's just an extremely weird dynamic, and I know it's Russia, and just Russia itself has an extremely weird dynamic with everything going on, and how, with how they deal with players, especially of Mitchkov's caliber. And kids definitely got a ego about. I'm mean, not like in a bad way, but he's definitely him and Cutter Gauthier are going to be pretty fun to watch and orange and black, especially the way they celebrate goals and stuff. It's just Mitchkov's an extremely touchy subject because you just don't know what's going to happen. Like One week it could be up, one week it could be down. You just don't know what's going to happen over there, you know? It's kind of what makes it so exciting. Yeah. In, in a way, because like, this offseason, you could just get that bomb dropped out of nowhere. It's like, oh, yeah. Mitchkov's coming over, and suddenly, just like that, the whole... You hear this guy with the motorcycle. Yeah, wow. Suddenly, the whole complexion of the franchise changes. Like, if he just ups and decides, let's say they they finish three points out this year, they were that close, mm-hmm. but they're right in the middle, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm coming over." <laughs> See, like the crazy thing is, I I can't even sit here and be like, "Oh, but he has a three year contract and blah blah." blah. Like, crazier shit has happened, and he's mad for Mitchkov. Like, he could just turn around and be like, "I don't want to fucking go back to that locker room." Like, he's definitely. He, he definitely reminds me of a player that would do that. You know what I mean? It, not that it's a bad thing, but, I mean, if, if that's an, a situation he doesn't want to be in, and it's got to be awkward, like we just said, tr- thinking about walking back into that locker room. So it's something to keep tabs on because, like I said, it's Russia and crazier things have happened over there. So Yeah, like if the writing's on the wall that he wants to leave and he's performing at the level he is, like undeniable level, couldn't Comcast just throw a bag? <laughs> at them and wouldn't, wouldn't they like want to take that because what do you have to lose like he's gonna leave anyway yeah i mean I, would we do that i don't know i have no idea i feel like we're we're getting into a some speculation because i i have no idea i mean i'm sure comcast would have the fucking money to do that <laughs> no doubt and i'm sure they wouldn't be shy to do so but i don't know man just the, just the fact that we're talking about the scenario where he's going to come over we just don't know when it is insane i was just thinking about I mean, coming think home from work day think of that day no i don't even want to think about it because i'm gonna be like, I, I can't even picture that day because it still feels extremely fake to me <laughs> like yeah, it's, i agree i'll believe until, it when i see it yeah too. until i see him talking really bad english but trying his hardest to speak good english in a flyers jersey in like Voorhees at the skate zone getting introduced that's when it all kind of hit me but like still it's just I don't know. i'm not saying i'm not one of those guys where like oh he's never coming over it's russia it's the Flyers in Russia. It's never. I'm not saying that. It's just when I do see him in that chair speaking to media in a Flyers uniform, talking about signing his ELC. It's just that's when it's all gonna hit me. It's just the fact that we really have this kid and he fell to seven. So it's incredible. He didn't have any. Uh, he didn't have any points tonight. Today, I mean, he plays at 12:30. Um, but I'm pretty sure he has what. 10, 12 points in 11 games now with Sochi since being loaned there. So that's incredible. Five goals, seven assists, 12 points in 11 games with Sochi. I mean, whew. as an 18-year-old, after the start that he had with SKA, I mean, 
You gotta love that game against SKA too. Oh my gosh, I know. You have to love that shit. We didn't even talk about that because we recorded it like two weeks ago. So the fact that he did it, people were saying in the comments to a couple of our videos, they were like, "I'm surprised he didn't flat not like do something to uh, SKA's bench." And I'd be like, no, I mean, he does kind of have to go back there next year, right? I mean, yeah. we just talked about, yeah, it's going to be awkward, but at the same time, he does have a contract with them, and if they turn around and say, I mean, after yeah, you this... Don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah, because like, after this year ends, he has to go back. Like, the loan is for this year and this year only, so he has to go back eventually. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to burn your bridges too bad, you know what I mean? Like, he's still going to be your coach next year, so... But he definitely has that personality where you can see him doing something, like, subtle, maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe not too over the top, but subtle. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to see this kid at SKA next year. I just don't see how it happens, Danny. I think something that we don't know about is going to happen. Like something that we can't sit here and predict right now will happen with Mitchkov, whether it's he goes back to Sochi, whether he, drama happens and he wants to come back, come here. I don't know what it's going to be, but I just don't see a scenario where he walks back into that locker room. I really don't. I just, I know he has a contract. I get it, but it's tough for me. I just don't see it, man. So obviously, wasn't given ice time for a specific reason, and sat for two games and then played six minutes the one game that he did play for them. So I mean, it's got to be. I mean, like, dude, fucking twelve points in eleven games. As an 18-year-old in the KHL, I mean, he's on pace for 64 and 64, dude. I, that, that's shattering records. And, and SKA didn't even want to play him. I just something, something fishy. Right? In the beginning, I almost gave him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw those quotes, like, oh, he's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. I was like, okay. I was like, I like what I'm here. Like, yeah. Tortorella, Tortorella spews the same <laughs> bullshit over here. So, like, what's the difference? But... The way things started playing out, and it's game two, three, and Ivan Demidov, or how is that how you say his name? Demidov, something like that. Dem- yeah. yeah. Demidov. And he's getting in roster opportunities before Mishkov. I'm like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. Something's up here. He's too good. He's un- he's undeniably good. Yeah. He's ridiculous, dude. But you want to switch to the actual Flyers. I know it's fun talking about Mishkov. I mean, I could sit here and do it all day, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, let's get into them preseason games. So we haven't covered any one of them, right? Yeah, I mean, I, they're preseason. It's so hard to actually sit here and talk about them in detail because, I mean, they are just preseason games. Yeah, I think you just talk about, like, in individual players. Like, yeah, like Brink, Brink yeah, Andrea, yeah. Forster's mediocre play, but still here. Not me saying he shouldn't be here, but I mean, he definitely didn't blow the doors down at all. Brink was definitely 100% better than him throughout camp, in my opinion, Brink from start to finish. Oh, he was awesome. He took – he won a spot. Bobby Brink won a spot. I mean, this team is not competing for a playoff spot. This team is tanking but not tanking per Briere. Bobby Brink won a spot on this on his hockey team. So if he's not in the lineup Thursday, I'd be shocked. It would be – just the complete opposite of what they've preached for the last summer. If he's, I mean, I get it. Injuries happen. He's going to be in the lineup. I get it. But the precedent that it sets, that it sets, I don't like. 
You spent all summer telling people, don't be comfortable. You think you got a spot? Don't be comfortable. Blah, 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 blah. And then, like, Bobby Brink wins a spot. 1,000% was the best player on the ice for the Flyers throughout preseason and training camp. And he's not going to be on the roster. going to be on the roster. I mean, right now, per our boy, Anthony DeMarco, the Flyers will be carrying eight defensemen, and they will be carrying the three goalies to start the season. So apparently they do not do not want to lose Sandstrom. So the defensemen will be York York Ristolainen, Stahl, Sandheim, Sealer, Walker, Zamula, Andrea. And then the three goalies that they're keeping. So that means one of Brink or Forrester can't be here because Delorier, Paling, and Hathaway is not getting broken up per Tortorello. And Allison got waived and cleared and then sent down to the Phantom. So he's no longer here taking up a spot. So it's either Forrester or Brink. One of those guys go down to make it to 23 guys, because right now it's at 24, or they waive Sandstrom, because apparently they're keeping the 8D, so Andrea and Zamula made the team. It's one of those guys. Right? Wasn't Brink just playing with the first power play group, or the first line? Yeah, he's been on the first line throughout, like towards the end of camp. He did a, he, he was on the first line in a couple of preseason games too. But If I had to take a guess, early guess. What do you think I happens? Think I think Forrester is the one that. See, I don't. He's the odd man out. With the way that Tortorella has been talking about him, I just don't don't see that. It's just the complete opposite. With yeah, but in the same breath, like Tortorella also said, like I find it hard to take Bobby Brink out of a top six role right now. He did say so that like, as well. Yeah, it's it, it's confusing, dude. It, it really is. I'm interested to see what happens. I I don't know. I mean the. The most logical thing is you wave Sandstrom. Why are you afraid to lose him? Like, why are they acting? You, you clearly like it's... don't like him. I mean, we clearly don't like him. <laughs> yeah, like the organization, Tortorella. Well, maybe that, that's kind of a rough way to put it. Like, they, they're clearly yeah. the ship has sailed. I mean, look what happened last year, Danny. Look what happened last year when Tortorella finally got Samuel Urson. He acted like Sam Sandstrom didn't exist. I mean, he went Sandstrom in like back-to-back games when Sandstrom. I mean, I'm sorry, he went Urson in back-to-back games when Sandstrom was sitting right there. And so obviously he likes Urson better. He's already come out and said that Urson will be the backup this year, at least to start the season. So we know that Sandstrom's not going to be the backup, so you wave him. I mean, they're afraid that Tampa, who's looking for a goalie right now because Vasilevsky's injured, um, they're afraid Tampa's going to – I mean, who cares? I mean, you're not going to get a fourth or fifth round pick for him. He's obviously not valuable to any team out there because if he was, he'd be gone by now. Why are you afraid to lose him? I mean, I play death is is critical throughout our system, and, and we have it. But I don't think losing Shantrum would be, like, the end of the world. I mean, I get it. They're trying to not lose an asset for nothing, but how much of an asset is it? You know what I mean? It's just kind of a – it's confusing to me. Yeah, I agree, Ben. You, you know who should be the odd man out? <laughs> I think it's well. I mean, like uh, the right wing log jam, oh, yeah. this, that, and the third. It's Cam Atkinson, and it's clearly Cam Atkinson. I mean, him or Lawton, but I mean that Lawton's n- never getting traded. That's not I happening. Think Bobby Bobby Brink is already a better Cam Atkinson. He already could do exactly what Atkinson could do. I mean, maybe Atkinson in his heyday was better, but Atkinson now, Bobby Brink can do that. At least that's how I feel. I mean, minus PK. I mean, I, Brink can do it, but I don't think he's as good as a PK guy as Atkinson right now. But I, I get what you're saying. At that age, Brink's what, 22, 21. is coming off injuries. And Brink's only going to get better. He's going to improve. He's cheaper. 
I mean, you tell me this, Danny. What what top six do you like better? Ready? Farabee, Couturier, Konechny, Atkinson, Frost, Tippett. Or Farabee, Couturier, Konechny, Brink, Frost, Tippett. Second one? <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> it, it's not... It's not hard to fucking to to see what you're saying there. Like you're not saying Ackerson. He's better than Ackerson back in Ackerson's heyday. But right now, it's definitely. I mean, you're not losing much, is what you're trying to say. If you were to yeah, trade I think Atkinson. you could like you can make you can fill that role a lot cheaper. Yeah, and a lot younger. That's for sure. But and like we have plenty of guys to play the PK. I mean, you just sign like three penalty killers. I mean, to be honest with you, Danny, the the logical, without trading anybody, the logical thing would just to be sit, sit one Delorier of Deloria or Hathaway, but they're yeah. not breaking up that fourth line for some reason. No, they, they won't because, like, you know how hockey is. Oh, like, I know. They love to give the veteran the opening night game. It's always how this shit goes. It, it's it's annoying as hell, but if you're a veteran and you sign to it, it's why Mark Stahl got the number over Forrester. It's, like, it's just a hockey thing. Like, he... I wouldn't be surprised if they put Stahl in, like, top four minutes. Oh, Stahl will 100% be paired with Sandheim in the top four Thursday night. 1,000%. The defense is going to yeah, be Yorick Risto line. hockey right there. It's going to be Yorick Risto, Stahl, Sandheim, Sealer, Walker. I 1,000% believe that's going to be that. Maybe, maybe Zamola for Sealer. But, I mean, dude, maybe they run a little bit more than the... Uh, six defensemen on Thursday night. But then again, then Forrester or Brink would have to sit. And Torrell did talk about how they might go Brink one night, Forrester one night, Brink one other night, and then keep going like that until one of them pulls away. But Which, if you're going to do that, I think the end game has to be getting rid of someone else to make room for both of them. Like You can't just do that all year. At least I don't think so. I think it's but stupid. I? I think that's a yeah, dumb, dumb way to go stupid. about it. You're not fucking going for anything. Like we're not a playoff team. We're not trying to win anything. Why are you playing duck duck Guys goose? Need minutes. They need minutes. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I get it. I get it. Injuries happen. Again, I understand that. They are going to play. But at the same time, I just don't understand why they can't play now. I mean, just make room. Like you said, Give them the spots that they deserve. I just, they won spot. I mean, at least Brink did. I, I wasn't that impressed with Forrester, but apparently Torch liked what he saw. But, of course, Torch is going to like what he sees from Forrester because he likes Forrester. Um, but it just, the whole flip-flopping thing doesn't make sense to me when, you know. I mean, I can see if Brink also had a mediocre camp. I mean, then then you would just send them back. But it's just, like you said, it, it's, it's stupid. But that's the lineup you'll probably see. Farabee, Couturier, Konechny, Atkinson, Frost, Tippett, Lawton, Cates, one of Forrester or Brink on the right wing, and then Delorier, Paling, Hathaway. That'll be your lineup Thursday against Columbus, probably. I'd rather them just give one of them dudes the Cam York treatment, send them down there for however many games, call them up when they're ready, then do that seesaw, teeter-totter, back and forth. It's no good. It's no good. You're going to have guys, they're going to be gripping their stick too tight because it's like they're going to be playing and thinking every mistake that they make is the yeah. end of the world because they're subbed out every game for a guy who's, who's good. Like, Brink and Forster are good. So, like, if one of them sits at night, Forster comes in, bangs a couple one-timers. Yeah. Like, All it takes is one game for them. That's that just rattle yep. Brink's confidence. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't think it's good for the player. I don't think it's good for and, the team. And I'm just going to add this. What a backhanded compliment it is to be like, yo, you made the team. 
but you're not playing for four games. It's like, <laughs> did I really make the team then? You might as well just make me a first-line player on the Phantoms. For at least the first four games, right? <laughs> it's so stupid. See, Danny, maybe we're just overreacting. Maybe we're just overreacting. And in two, three games, both those guys will have top nine spots and we'll no, live happily ever minor, after. It's definitely a minor issue. But still an issue. I mean, I mean yeah. you could say the same thing about the defense right now, right? And I, yeah, I'll say it. But defense is a little different though, because the guys are so young and like. Zamula in the spot. Zamula should be in the in the opening day lineup, opening night lineup, one thousand percent. Actually, I think Emil should be too. To be honest with you, they both do, and I get it. Like uh, Emil, especially Andrea, he's young. He's twenty-one years old. I get it with the. Young defenseman thing, but I mean, if, if I'm Tortorella right now, and I understand the like you just said five minutes ago, the veteran shit. Stall will play. He will be in the top four. So it's going to go York, Risto, Stall, Sandheim, Sealer, Walker. But my lineup would be York, Risto, Line, and Zamula, Sandheim, Andrea, Walker, and then have Sealer as your seventh. Yeah, and what's really annoying about this is I guarantee you'll get that by, like, game 35. It's going to look great in game 35, and he's going to stick with it from there on out. It's just what we just mentioned before, that early season veteran bullshit, man. I I just – I'm going to say it. Because it happened last year, too, I feel like. Like, towards the end of the year, he's like, all right, Frost, join the top six. All right, York, get the call up. And it's like – Definitely finished the season playing the kids. Absolutely, it, you can't argue I know, that. I don't know why he starts it like this though. I don't know why hockey guys are so they like they love this. They they really <laughs> do. They love starting the veteran. I remember Dave Haxtell did the same shit. Like they all love it. Yeah, they do. But it should still be fun. I mean, I am still excited to watch it. But I just don't really understand the stall signing, especially when you still have Sealer here. Uh, because I mean, you, we, to put it. I mean, to, to put it blunt, he's blocking Zamula right now. I think Zamula deserves to be in the opening night lineup. I think Zamula deserves to be paired with either Walker or Sandheim. A thousand percent. I mean, and then you can make the same case for Andrea. So, don't, I don't ever, I don't, I don't think the stall signing makes sense. I never did. I mean, people are going to point to, hey, I mean, we can get a pick for him. I mean, he got traded, and if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was either 2020 or 2021 to Detroit. And granted, he had a $5.5 million tag on him, so he wasn't going to get traded for much for future considerations at the time. I get it. He has, what, he makes, like, what, 800 maybe a million dollars? I forget how much he makes. Yeah, How much do, we, like, what? Like, the people who are like, we're going to get picked for him. What do you think you're going to get from Mark Stahl? Seriously. Sixth. A sixth? A fifth if you're lucky? Like, I... I I don't understand that. And then if you point, and then people will point to, oh, he's a veteran. What are Couturier? What's Couturier? What's Atkinson? What's Lawton? What's the entire fourth line? What's Sealer? What's Walker? What's Ristolainen and Sandheim? We're both 27, 28. Like, what are we talking about? Vets. Oh, he's a vet. Oh, this team. Need- we have half the team are vets. I just listed all of them. All those guys are like 30 and up. Couturier, 30. Atkinson, definitely 30 and up. Lawton, he's he's getting there. Delorier, I'm pretty sure he's there. Hathaway, 100% there. Ristolainen's 28, Sandheim's 27. Stahl, I think he's like 36. 
Sealer's definitely 30, and then Walker's like 28, 29. So I, I don't understand when people are like, oh, we, veterans, we need more veterans. Like, we have them. We have plenty of them. Plenty of vets to protect our guys. We don't need more. The stall signing never made sense, and it never will. I, I don't care what anybody says, dude. I think, and I'm not. I don't agree with it. I think their viewpoint is, the like Cam York, Emil. They're all young, and they haven't really been through the fire yet. They haven't really been in big games, big moments. Like I, I think it's their thinking is you want a guy who's been in long seasons, long road trips, deep playoff runs, just a seasoned guy who can kind of show them the way. But like, not saying I, they should have done it. But I but think like Sealer can't do that. Thing. I guess not. Walker can't do that for you? Nah, like, Mark Stahl has been through it a little more than those guys. But, like, what are you preparing them for? I don't know. What's 30 games going to do? 40 games going to do? I, 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 don't think it make, I don't think it makes sense. You have plenty of vets in the lineup to show these young guys how to play on the ice and how to act off the ice. It just doesn't make sense to me, but... I mean, it's, it's, if that's what I'm complaining about on a rebuilding team, then, I mean, it's, it's not much. There's not much to complain about throughout yeah, the entire I mean, it's lineup. it's a good problem to have it in is. a weird way. It's like you have too many guys knocking on the door. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's not to going to be here. I don't know what the fuck we're going to get back for him, but there's no way he's here past trade deadline. So one of Andrea or Zamula will be playing he's top four minutes. He's sitting seven games in. Like, dead ass. Like, it's just the thing, like, you give the veteran the opening night game. But I, I really do think uh, I could, this could age terribly. I do think he's sat quickly. I, I think I, he's just. I don't know about sat. I, I do think he would ride the bench one, two games here and then play another game. I think it, it would be like the same, like the back and forth with him. I don't think he would sit for an extended period of time. Like he's going to be around until trade deadline time. Like, we're going to be, ah, oh, stalls in the lineup tonight kind of thing until. February, right? Or March, whenever the trade deadline is. Yeah, it's probably going to be like uh, we play two offensive teams. You put like the, the younger guy in or whatever. And then, you play yeah. the and then when you play, then when you play the Landers, you, 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 you need Mark Stahl in there, baby. You need him. You need him, man. You need, to, you need him to show York how to fucking throw it. That's what York needs to fucking be taught. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mark Stahl should be fun. Number 18. Took it right from Forrester, like you just said 20 minutes ago. Eight. That, that, that was weird. How, like... Yeah, you can tell Tyson was a little impressed, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, I mean it, it... He's probably thinking the same thing I just said. Mark fucking Stahl comes in here. 36-year-old Mark Stahl walks in here and just takes my number. That's what I'd say. I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? It's not cool. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be here in two years, dude. You're not. Like, why the fuck are you coming here taking my number? Why couldn't you go take 71? Or, like, 70? Like, who gives a fuck what you wear, dude? You're going to be here for, like, 40 games. 30 games. but the number of our first-round pick. You know what I mean? Who's, like, make the team out of camp? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Love it, man. I love it. That's pure flyers. Give it to the vet, man. We need more vets. We need vets. Um, that's not just the Flyers. That's like every team. Yeah, but that's just hockey, good. dude. Um, I was just gonna sit. So I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say, let's talk about Mitch Cobb. But we literally just <laughs> we started the first ten minutes talking about him. Um, 
But Emil Andrea, that's somebody that you just mentioned after I talked about Zamula. Dog. I would like to hear your, uh, your 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 thoughts on him because he definitely, in my opinion, if we're talking pure camp and and preseason, he deserves a look October twelfth too to to be playing that in that opening night lineup. If you're he's a dog, man. bro. He's awesome. I love his swagger out there. Like you could like you could you could tell he's like confidence personified. Like you could just mm-hmm. see him out there. He's confident. He's throwing hits, and he's smooth, bro. Like he is Fair. real smooth with the puck. I think it was the the first home preseason game or whatever. He hit that breakout and got us that goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's extremely. He, he, oh, he his his tape to tape passes in the in the D zone are extremely fun to watch. He's so smooth with the puck. But my thing on him, and I, I don't mean to cut you off. When we were talking about the whole stole thing like three minutes ago, and I and I, I do understand what you're saying with the whole York is young, Emil is young, Zamula is like 23, 24. So you do, on a rebuilding team, maybe you want a guy like that to kind of show in the ropes. I get it. Emil's been playing. That, that's what they were probably. Emil's thinking. been playing professional hockey for the last two, two, three years. I mean, dude, Travis Sanheim's thirty. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, he, like Emil Andre is not the prototypical. 21-year-old defenseman coming out of junior or coming out of a year in the AHL. Emil Andre has been playing professional hockey in the SHL for two, three years now. And he's seamlessly made that the, the, the ice change to North America. It doesn't even look like it affected him in the games that he's played. I mean, from my perspective, not that I'm a fucking defensive pro or anything, but this is not your typical defensive prospect. This kid has been playing professional hockey in a professional hockey league against grown-ass men for two, three years now. And I, I I think he just proved in training camp and preseason that, like, hey, guys, I'm here. Like, I'm good enough to play in the NHL right now. I don't need to go to the AHL. I've really I, – do I think it's going to hurt him if he goes to the AHL and play top pair of minutes? No. But I think he's good enough. I think he showed that he's good enough to be – at least in the opening night lineup, October 12th, he's just, like you said, he's like a bulldog out there, man. He's a smaller guy, but he hits you. He's cleaning his breakouts. He's got good skating. He's just extremely calm defenseman back in his defensive zone. And if he makes a, a mistake, it, he doesn't harp on it. He's right back after trying something, hitting somebody. Nice, I mean, he's got a really good defensive stick when working on uh, one-on-ones or two-on-ones or any kind of rush going the other way. He's just an extremely smart defenseman. He reads his gaps extremely well. I mean, I can go on and on talking about how this kid plays defense. It's just extremely exciting for a Flyers to have finally. I mean, finally have a defensive prospect that looks really good. I mean, he looks... Uh, Emil Andre has looked better in training camp and preseason than Travis Sanheim has ever looked in a Flyers uniform. I'll say it. I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't care. Sanheim, yeah, he's a great skater, but what's he doing once he enters the offensive zone? He loses the puck and creates nothing. I've seen Emil Andre create more offense in the preseason than I've ever seen Sanheim create, bro. Dude, I saw Sanheim on that that bullshit again in the preseason. He's so mediocre, dude. Such a mediocre hockey player. Brent Flair prophesies this, though. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he Brent Fair. Yeah, exactly. Brent Fair was like, haha. Yeah, like you guys think he looks good in rookie camp? Like wait till fucking real camp. This is, this kid's been playing with grown ass men. That's exactly what he said, one hundred percent. So it's good to see that kind of just follow through, and he's on the team now. And I think, I think Tortorella's gonna like him. I think he's gonna be the kind of player Tortorella's gonna like. But that remains to be seen. Obviously, it's just about getting in there, getting the reps now. 
Yeah, I think Tortorella already likes him. I mean, Tortorella shouted him out after the first or second preseason game and was like, yeah, I see what you guys are talking about. I like this Even kid, too. Even at the press conference. Like, I watch the kids' press conferences, and he's, he's showing up in, like, a bright blue hoodie. He looks like he don't give a fuck. Like, he he looks like he's too good for the media. I don't know. I, just, I love that, dude. I like it. There's more personality coming to the Flyers, I feel like. More, oh. like, just more, like, confidence. I guess that's the word I need. Yeah. Confidence. There's more confidence being infused into that locker room. Wait for uh, Cutter Gauthier and Matej Mitchkov to walk yeah, into Mitch- that locker room. Mitchkov, oh, my God. What, what? he's going to do to this city. <laughs> you want to talk he's, about personality? He's going to bring back the sea, like, the sea of orange, the orange crush. He's bringing that back in full effect. It's going to be a beautiful moment when he does it, too. I really mean this when I say this. I genuinely think when he be, when he finally gets here and comes to Philadelphia, the Phillies, they're awesome. I cannot wait to watch tonight. I'm not comparing him to that or anything, but I really do think he is going to shift so many fucking heads in this city to where it's going to be like Mitchkov, Harper, Hurts. Like, as the dude yeah. in Philly, dude. Because I, I just... Uh, He's so marketable. These days don't really like hockey, and nope. it's because the Flyers have been so irrelevant Can't for blame so him. long. And Mishkov is going to be that guy to—he's going to be their Giroux. The way what Giroux was to me as a kid, it's probably going to be what Mishkov is to a lot of kids in the Philadelphia area. I cannot wait for it. Yeah, I mean, and I will say this: nothing against Giroux, and I understand that Mishkov is still a prospect playing in the AKHL, but. If that's those Giroux, that's a pretty good first fucking that's, player. Yeah, like you're to... lucky, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that. It's a pretty good uh, player. We suffered, so they didn't have to. To get your first, uh, your first welcome into the NHL, like, oh, oh, Mitch Kopp came over. Yeah, I'll watch some hockey this year. Like, okay, yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people understand. Like, our lives as Flyers fans has literally been people telling us times when they were great. Like, yeah. yo, back then they were good. Lindros was good, though, bro. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. P- Peter Forsberg, like, oh, you should you should have seen all these guys in their prime. And it's like, all right, dude. I've, so, I've seen Giroux, which was nice, but that era was god-awful. And I, I traded away in a second, honestly. It was that bad. <laughs> just, just zero support, dude. Literally left on an island for a decade. <laughs> It's just it's just flyers get shit on for years at a time, and our dad's constantly telling us like, yeah, seventies were lit, like the seventies when the flyers Lindros was good. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the flyers were winning games, dude, it was awesome. Like, oh, I wouldn't know. I really wouldn't know. I I've barely seen them win a playoff series. Yeah, barely. What? what, what I, mean, was I the, saw the, the last like playoff final, series they won. Uh, the last playoff series. I mean, do you count the bubble? No, I don't. No, ca- I don't. I don't, I don't count the. So 2012, no the, uh, the uh, Crosby series, the Drew Game Six, he laid out Crosby. The, yeah, wow. Which is funny too, because that series is what really dialed me in to hockey as a whole, to the Flyers. And it's so funny how like that was the peak. I like me watching that. I was like, you know what? Dude, I what think year was, was that? I th- 2012. It was, it was April of God 2012. Damn, dude. We were. I was 11 years old, dude. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like what the fuck? That's the last time, I think you asked me this before we hit record, when was the last time that I gave a fuck about a Flyers team, like genuinely cared? I think that's actually my answer. That team. Yeah, that team was special. It was probably the last time I gave a fuck. Like a gen- I mean, obviously, I've sat through the last five, 
I mean, decade of this team. Obviously, I give a fuck. But, I mean, the last time that I was like, I would die for each player on that fucking team was probably that team. I was 11 years old, and I just loved them, dude. I'm going to say 2014 for me. That's the last day. I loved that 2014 team. And it was Can't mainly because of Giroux. Giroux carried them so fucking hard. He got a heart nominee. Are you he, surprised? He was, he was so good. He didn't score a goal for the first two months of the mm-hmm. season, then came back and was just scoring every single night. And he was dragging that corpse of a team to the playoffs. And they still brought the Rangers to seven. Wayne Simmons, game six, hat trick. Like, yeah, I love that team. That's yeah, you're talking about 2017-2018, right? No, no, 13-14. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 13-14. 17-18. Yeah, we lost to the Rangers. I actually don't have as much love for that team as maybe others might. I don't know. I thought 2017-18 team was kind of boring. Their depth was god-awful, oh, clearly. Hal Gill was on the 2013-2014 Once team. again, another Drew masterclass is what it took to get them there. Like, he had 102 points that season. Yeah, Drew had 28 goals, 58 assists, 86 points in 2013-2014 in 82 games. He played the full 82. Damn. Like I said, no goal until, like, mid-November. Yeah. I remember it. It was against, like, the Oilers, I think. Yeah, the 2017-2018 team was the last time that I've watched a, a Flyers playoff game inside the Wells Fargo Center. That's when we lost to the... The Penguins in five. I mean, in six. And I remember that. You, 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 me and you were in the building for that game six. That was That's the crazy. Couturier game, dude. So it was. That was the what last game by him. The last I time still, they played. That game is legendary to me. It is, dude. In that regard. Like, that performance is an all-timer for me. I actually was watching it uh, today. Believe it or not, I was watching it this morning. I recently just saw, a couple weeks ago, a clip of when Gouda's heard him in practice. Actually, that's pretty funny you say that. Do you remember that? Gudis is, Gudis is a clown. <laughs> actually, had a pretty good year last year for uh Yeah, he's good. Florida. Like, Actually, he, he's kind of what you want. In like a, on like a bottom pair role? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, I'm not saying he's like a, he's a bad player. He's just... He's but just what did a, the Flyers do with him, Danny? What did the typical Flyers do with a player like Racco Gudis? What, they put him in a top four role? Exactly. And thought he was, and tried to make him something that he wasn't, and then threw their hands up in the air and shrugged their shoulders when Raquel Gudis wasn't a top four defenseman. It's what they've been doing for the last ten fucking years, I'm so excited with this new plethora of advisors and just a new front office. I just the development yeah. process needs to be different, man, because. I'm not just talking about fucking the prospect development. I'm talking about the development of the entire Flyers organization. And I think especially Keith Jones is going to be really important in that aspect of the Flyers. Because how many times was he on the broadcast just actually sounding mad about how the Flyers developed their players? Time and time again, would you hear him be like, Jim... Like, like, basically, what the fuck with the way some of these uh, players have been developed? And I'm That's so ex- how you know his intentions are just yeah. all there because you've you've listened to this guy mm-hmm. basically your entire life, so you know what he thinks about the team. You know how he feels about the current state of the team. Like, it's not there's nothing fake here. You could have got any other guy from outside the Flyers organization, and they could have read some pandering cookie cutter thing, but it wouldn't hit the same as when Keith Jones said it because he's there every fucking night. Yep. He wouldn't have taken any other job, he said. He said, this is the only job that I would have even considered. So, yeah, I mean, you know he's not here for the fucking 
the glamour, you know what I mean? And the fame. He's, he, he, he's here to turn the Flyers back into something worth marketing, worth wearing a jersey for, you know what I mean? Worth talking about. So I have an, a lot of faith in that guy, and I know a lot of people in Philadelphia have a lot of faith in, in Keith Jones. So extremely excited to see how like what he does. He, I mean, it's already a good start. January 6th, they're going to... Uh, they're going to honor Ed Snyder versus the Flames. That's going to be really cool. So it's just like little things like that. goes. To sh- it shows you that he's he knows. He gets it. You know what I mean? He understands. First press conference in the introductions, he says, this is Ed Snyder's team. I love that. Yeah. I really did. I love that. He said it off the start because yeah. that was probably something that has to be frustrating for these guys who Ed Snyder oh, is probably just everything to these people for some of their careers for some of their post careers and like the relationship Ed Snyder had with everyone in the organization was just next level compared to other organizations it was uh kind of had to like see it to believe, or to really feel it yeah and like you make a good point he Ed Snyder was 100% an extremely important thing to a lot of these older flyers, and I think at the same time that's what they're trying to do with like bringing Patrick Sharp on board and all these advisors that are former flyers, and I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to just not not go over the top of it because they hopefully these guys are so good at their job because at the end of the day, if they're not, then I mean it's not good for us, but. Walking the line of honoring the past and getting guys to respect the Flyers symbol. You know what I mean? It's just like getting that energy back into the building is extremely important. This is random, but I was watching the Ed Snyder tribute, um, the bracelet game against mm-hmm. the Washington Capitals. I was watching the the highlight pack. Well, I said highlight. Like the, the, the memory, the memorial pack that they put together for Ed Snyder before the game. And I forgot that... Mike Richards was on the Capitals in that series on the fourth line, like making vet minimal money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching this the other day, and I'm reading the comments, and someone's like, "Look at Richie on the other bench, like that that shit killed me or something like that." And I was like, "Wait, that's right, Mike Richards is on this team." So I went back and watched it, and dude, he is. Wasn't he like crying? Yeah, yeah, he, he's in full tears. Like you could yeah. you could see how much he means or meant to everybody. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's a really good point, man. Just. Man, that kind of makes me emotional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just goes to show you how much he don't, really. Don't meant. watch that if you. If, if oh, you I think I've seen it. Like, I went back and watched it. I got really, like, really sad the other day, bro, watching that. Yeah. It's That's a very awesome. sad tribute. Very sad tribute. Yeah. But it's a very nice tribute at the same. Yeah, time. Yeah, at the same time, it's you're celebrating somebody's life and how much, how much yeah, joy you brought. The way a lot they of did people. it was beautiful too. Yeah. Just wish that um, they didn't, we didn't throw wristbands and shit. Yeah. yeah, the game that proceeded wasn't. Wasn't very good, but nah, that's the day like the organization died, dude. Honestly, that's the day like the, the organization we once knew fell off. It's starting to come back now, hopefully, but like from that day onward, it was like corporate shell. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? I Souls. remember the day that he died. I was in first block, yeah. like computer no, we class. We were in class together. No, we were in class. Together. Yeah, we were, weren't we? Damn. I remember uh, we, one of our classmates? I think. Like, we were oh about shit, we him. were. Yeah, we were like we were shocked, completely shocked. We got like the alert on our, I think it was our. Like, our I iPad walked out of the classroom, didn't I? I? I don't, I don't really remember. 
I think I got up and left, dude. I just remember. I think was, you I think followed me. It was bio me. class. It was bio class. So we were next to each other. And we were just like, oh, that's. Damn, I do remember insane. that. You could now. just feel the shock, though. Yeah. I was like, fifth. we were, what, 15, 16? And even yeah. we were shocked. Like, 15, 16 year olds, and we understand the weight that man had on the, the entire organization. Yeah. So, obviously, what do you think the players, what do you think guys who are a lot older than 15, 16 years old? Um, what he meant to them. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a good point, man. And hopefully we're bringing that, that that same embodiment of what he brought to the Flyers and what he brought to everybody surrounding the Flyers organization. Hopefully we start to bring that back with Keith Jones. And I really do yeah. think that we're on that track, man. Just Dan Hill for you. Now. I, th- I really do think that these guys are going to have that same family feel, pay it forward yeah. mindset because that's, that's what Ed Snyder brought them up in that feel. Mm-hmm. So they, they know it better than anyone. They know how to recreate it. They know what the player wants from the higher ups in that situation it's it's so easy to root for i've said it across the last couple episodes but god damn if there was ever a group that i wanted to succeed it's that one i mean like i think i said it in our last episode dan hilferty was walking around during the uh open training camp a couple weeks ago introducing himself to fans like with us like down with the fans, and it was crowded too. It was one of the uh, season ticket holder days on a Saturday, so it was kids everywhere and families, and and he came down and inserted himself into the huge crowd that was there and shaking hands, introducing himself. It was really cool, dude. Taking pictures, so like you his said, energy family energy has been amazing. There, there, there's like there's something about Dan Hilferty. He gets it. I don't know. He really you does. Just, you just kind of believe in him. He's charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the word. He's charismatic. And um, that's something w- when you talked about the first introductory press conference and he talked about when he was in college and they won the cup and they skipped school and went down to the parade and stuff. I mean, obviously he's not a diehard Flyers fan, but just hearing stories like that is just – you get it. Like you, you understand that people need to be in the right spots in the you organization. We need to be good. <laughs> like the Flyers need to be good. We've been bad for too long. Like, yeah. he remembers a time where they were the top of the top. It's kind of like it kind of reminds me of the John Middleton thing when the uh, the Phillies. Like, he understands that if you bring playoff baseball slash playoff hockey back into the city of Philadelphia, the fans will come back. I mean, look at the Phillies for a decade plus from when I was fucking ten years old after the '09 World Series to about when they get back to the World Series last year. <laughs> so, it's, a decade so plus. Insi- so inspiring. Of, For me as a Flyers yeah. fan, it was really inspiring to see that because I had thought the Phillies and the Flyers were both, in a way, dead in the water in this city. Like, it, We'll always love the Eagles, and it just yeah. seems like more and more everybody loves the Sixers. Like, nothing against you if you like basketball. It's just like, oh, it's my least favorite of the four. So, But more and more, everyone's kind of loving those two teams. Well, at that time. People mm-hmm. were just kind of loving those two teams, and the other two teams were falling by the wayside because they were just so mediocre for so long. And you almost wondered if, for me as a Flyers fan, I wondered if the Flyers could ever get back to the level that they were once at, like selling out, ruckus crowd, let's go Flyers, like just daunting crowd, daunting mm-hmm. building to play in. I, I, I had doubts like last couple of years. I was like, dude, we are, are we ever going to get back to like, the, the reason why we love this team, the why, reason why we love the brand, the organization, are we ever going to get back to that? That's what I was wondering. Hopefully we're on our way, though. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it just takes one. Like, Mitch Cobb, 
Harper. I mean, Harper's obviously different, but you, there's the parallels can be made. I, I know like what you're the, trying the to spark say. of life. Like, yeah, like the spark of life, the franchise player, the it just takes one. It just takes one. You get one guy in there who's just stubborn enough to get it fucking done. And I think Mitchkov is that guy. Then Cutter too. Cut yeah, Cutter as well. I do. I I like the the mental makeup of the team as of now too. I'll also say that like they seem like they're really like they're tight with each other, but they also seem more business like than than uh, prior teams like like the Hayes and Tony D'Angelo squads, if you will. Seems like there's more business-like approach. That they know that everyone thinks they're going to be bad, and I think that they're they're going to use that. I mean, to how much that is effective, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, the it's skill fun gap, to, like, watch. The skill gap only goes so far, right? <laughs> like you can only... catch some teams. Though, oh, but hundred percent. It's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to see like a good team that comes here. They're they're tired legs, like end of the road trip, and the Flyers are rested. It's going to be fun to see them swarming on. on one of those <laughs> it teams. is, dude. I mean, if you if you go through the lineup, it really isn't that bad, man. I mean, Fairby, Couturier, Konechny, Atkinson, Frost, Tippett, Lawton, Cates, Forster slash Brink, Delorier, Paling, and Hathaway. Forward group really isn't that bad. I mean, you get to the defense. I mean, it's get it gets yeah, pretty that's shaky. It starts getting rough, but you also have two great goalies though. So it's like two fun goalies for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, two guys who that that are used to playing in front of god awful defenses <laughs> and, and still win games behind atrocious defenses. So it's like it'll be fun to watch. I'm very. <laughs> I got to ask you something real quick. How surprised are you that Cal? Uh, is it Pedersen or Peterson? So excited! I'm I'm actually glad you asked that because I was talking to my dad about that. That he's got like, said get him, Yeah, I was like, get him out of my face, dude. How do you say? I it? never want to see Cal Peterson, right? Peterson. I I don't know yeah. if it was Peterson or Peterson. It's probably not Peterson, but yeah, Cal Peterson. Get that guy out! Of my face. <laughs> get him he out, let, dude. You let every shot in, dude. Like, I I've get never it. Seen anything like that? We want to be bad, but like I can't watch that, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know exactly. Um, I don't want it that bad. Gotta be at least competitive to start the season. So, uh, a heart Urson tandem is gonna be. It's beautiful. Actually, pretty I fun actually, to watch. I love Urson, dude. I, I really do. I'm a big Urson. I'm a big heart fan. Don't get me wrong, but like I just love Urson. I'm excited for the goalies, man. I mean, you got Urson, you got Hart, you got Kolasov, Fedotov. I don't even know what that is anymore. I joked for years about the the goalie factory shit, but it's it's kind of true. Like, I, I, it's getting I, there. That's I, for sure. It, so it was a play on the Howie Roseman quarterback factory thing, <laughs> but it, it could be true. I mean, they got some goalies, dude. They do. They, no, no, they really do. And then they drafted a couple of this draft who I'm pretty sure they've played over the weekend. Let me check real quick. Speaking of prospects that have played this weekend, I mean, we have tons of tons of goalies. I mean, not just goalies and forwards who have started their regular seasons. Um, we're in the middle of it. I mean, you got Mitchkov. I already said his eleven point. Um, yeah, his eleven. His eleven points in his uh, in the KHL. But you got Kolosov, who I'm pretty sure he has two or three shutouts already. But he's got a two point three goals against average and a nine two one save percentage in the KHL in game uh, in nine games. So that's not that bad. Uh, Bjarnstrom, or no, Bjarnason, the kid that we drafted, the goalie this year. In three games, 4.02 goals against average, 8.92 save percentage, so not a great start in the WHL for him. And then uh, Yegor Savarjan, 
If I just butchered his name, let me know. I'm sure Dank will. In five games, he has a 1.38 goals against average and a 9.58 save percentage in the MHL. So that's like oh the God. that's like the AHL of the <laughs> KHL. Dude, I don't care what league that is. It's <laughs> nasty. Yeah, that's dirty, right? So uh, he had a good weekend. You know, Cutter Gauthier had the overtime winner for yeah, Boston College in his first game of the season. I don't know if that's preseason or regular season. Do you know if that's regular season? Yeah, I want to say that was regular season. Okay. I want to say that was like the, one of their first like meaningful. Yeah, what? it was banner raising night. It was banner raising night. Okay. Right? When the For fuck part. did they play preseason games? Did they like were those just not televised? I guess. <sighs> Beats me, brother. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Denver Barkey, third round pick this year. Three uh, three games, one goal, two assists. He was. Oh no, I'm sorry. Two goals, four assists. That was. That's crazy. Bonk and Barkey, dude. Yeah. I I just can't wait to see. I'm just going to finish off on, on Coach Yeah, real quick. I yeah. can't wait to see that cheat code of a release. <laughs> so many years I've had yeah. to watch the Flyers play teams where a guy will just, like, skate past the the blue, flick it, and it's in the net. Just a cheat code of a release. And I can't wait to have a guy like that. Multiple. Can't wait to have multiple guys I was going to say, we have, like, I mean... Tippett Loki has has a cheat code of release at times. Like I said, I, go back and if oh he absolutely listen does. to this. Anyone listen to this? Go back and watch his. It's on YouTube. Pull up his all twenty seven goals from last year. He has like fifteen that are disgusting. <laughs> like the goalie's looking him in his eyes, and he's still like top of the face off circle, and he still wires it and beats him. Definitely has a a handful of extremely nice goals, but which is why I think he can go twenty five plus again this year. So it should be fun to watch him. But from him, Forrester's got an insane shot, Mitchkov, and then Cutter Gauthier. We have four guys who can absolutely wire the fucking puck. So that's something I'm not really used to as a Flyers fan because, I mean, I mean, I grew up with, what, Jeff Carter who could really shoot the puck. I mean, G had a good shot when he fucking used it. Uh, who else? <laughs> like that, that, That's about it, right? Pronger had a really good one-timer, but that's not a that's not a wrist shot coming off the fucking wing. Down on the rush. Yeah. No, we we've yet to really have like one of them new age NHLers with the with the new release. You know what I mean? Like the drag wristers and Yeah, like we haven't yeah. really had a guy with the new age release yet. I mean like Frost and Faraby do it, but they're not good at it. <laughs> yeah, they don't do it consistently. Like, it's like Frost and Faraby, they'll pull it out every now and again. You're like, yeah, what the fuck? That was nasty. And then they like won't do it. Yeah. And so Whereas Austin Matthews just does it fucking sixty times a year. Oh fuck. Anthony DeMarco, three minutes ago, hearing the Flyers will be placing someone on IR, which will get them down to the 23-man roster My God, to start bro, the I season. Can't, I can't believe that. Is I, that Risto? I can't believe I said that as a joke to you the other or Not really as a joke. Like, I was actually serious, but I can't believe I said that to you the other day, and it happened, like, a day. Like, it's actually annoying. I was like, someone's going to get say? hurt. But I remember, I was like, someone's going to get hurt. When we were talking about the lineup battles and, like, what the opening night roster yeah, was going to yeah, be. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. It doesn't matter because someone's going to get hurt anyway. And someone got her. Every year, someone gets Thanos snapped. I mean, we know how this goes. Is it? Is it Risto or is it Avon? Did it, did Avon get sent down yet? Jr. Avon, cause I know he got hurt in the beginning of camp and he didn't play all of camp. But he's not on the roster anymore, right? Or is it? Is it an active? I don't know, dude. My guess is it's Risto because Risto was banged up to to finish the preseason. Or at- yeah, I guess we're gonna have to wait and find out, man. It we- better not be Couturier. 
That uh, would no, be uh, that would be gut wrenching. I'm not even gonna throw that out there. Why the fuck did I just say that? Let me shut the fuck up. My my apologies, listeners <laughs> and Danny. <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk about that. But yeah, stay uh stay tuned if uh on X <laughs> for uh whoever that is. Because, I mean, the rosters have to come out tonight, so we'll see who the hell that is very soon. Ooh, Alec Boom. Let's go. one nothing. Phils. Perfect timing to end this, too, right when the Phillies are about to start. Beautiful. Bro, the Phillies are winning? Yeah. What? one nothing. They just started. Oh, I think we're going to have to wrap this one up, yeah, brother. Yeah, absolutely. This was episode 101 of Liberty Yacht. We'll be back next Monday. Right? Yeah, every Monday. Yeah, I think they play Thursday and then Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if, if they play that Sunday or Monday. But definitely two games, two regular season games we will be talking about. Hopefully it's a fun one. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I know. It's going to be very exciting. Follow us on all the socials at the Liberty O. Follow me at TLY Danny. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. And go floor. <laughs>